And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Well, before we get in today, just want to introduce myself for those that are here in person or watching online. We haven't had a chance to meet yet. My name is Ryan. I have the opportunity to serve here as a new lead pastor, and I'll say this, if today's your first time or kind of you're kind of new around here, so am I. So we're kind of in the same boat, and um, I'm going to be hanging out, out at the uh, guest tent after the service today. If you're comfortable dropping by, would love uh, the opportunity to meet you today. Um, I want to take just a second, just something that, that God's kind of deposited on, in, on my heart, in my heart from uh, the worship set today before I get into the message. Um, and, uh, and I want to share just, I want to say this, that uh, a lot of times in our life, we, um, before we feel like we can be available to the Holy Spirit, we feel like we have to get all these kind of things in our life in order and, 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 and kind of get victory through whatever this kind of nagging sin might be in our life. And the reality is, is that everything that, that God wants to do in our life is kind of flipped upside down. Like one of our biggest challenges in life is we try to compare the kingdom of God with the kingdom that we live in. And we don't quite, we don't quite understand it. Like when, when you think about giving, like in the kingdom of God, it's all about being generous and giving and God brings back. But in this kind of uh, world, it's all about what we can save, Right in order that we, that we have enough. And so everything's kind of flipped upside on its head when it relates to comparing the world that we live in and the kingdom of God. Well, the same is true in our walk, in our relationship with him, is that everything inside of us tries to convince us that we got to have all, everything, our ducks in a row. We got to be perfect before we can be available to the Holy Spirit and to be used by God. And it's quite the opposite. And so I want to challenge you. I feel like what the Lord laid on my heart during that worship set is that, that some of you are navigating life. You're kind of waiting until you can get some things situated in your life before you become available, thinking that that's the key to you experiencing God's best in your life. When in reality, the key is that you start by being available. And then God takes us all on this journey, all on this process of then beginning to take these things in our lives that are out of alignment with his will for our life. And he begins one by one, beginning to, to, to pull those into um, the life that he wants us to live. And so I really want to encourage you today. Um, I stand up before you, somebody that didn't grow up in church, somebody that had a whole lot of wrong in his life when he gave his heart to the Lord. And I've, I've lived it firsthand, I've discovered it firsthand that, that the key is being available and yielding your life to the Holy Spirit and saying, God, whatever you want me to do, and pushing out the thoughts in your own mind of why you can't do that, and allow God to be the one that determines who can and can't. You just be the one that determines whether you're gonna be available or not, amen? Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I like to do that uh, every time that we go into God's word and just ask him to, to soften our heart, prepare our heart for his word. And uh, let's do that this morning as we step into week seven of spiritual DNA. Father, we thank you for your presence that is here. We thank you, Father, for your activity in our lives. Lord, we, we hold on to this truth that you wanna do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ever ask 
or think. And Lord, that begins with us getting into your word and allowing your word to transform our lives. And so this morning, as we open your word, God, we pray that you would give us ears to hear. And Lord, give us the courage to respond appropriately. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're uh, week seven of spiritual DNA. If you're kind of just coming in uh, here the last few weeks, I'd encourage you to go on our social media, Facebook, YouTube. You can uh, check some of the prior messages out. Um, I also want to encourage you that um, I had announced last week that January the 10th, we're going to be kicking off um, a series that's beginning to unpack what Andrew and I believe uh, God wants evangel to look like and then what we believe he wants us to do as a church. And this is going to be kind of a vision journey that we're going to walk on together probably for a few months. And um, if, if you're really wanting to know what what God wants to do through us and, and in this community and what our church is going to look like, I want to I encourage you to make sure that you're here and you're a part of that. But, but we've been in this series, Spiritual DNA, and this series has been all about uh, digging into God's Word, taking a look at the nine um, character traits of the Holy Spirit that He's wanting to produce in every single one of our lives. And if today you're taking notes, I want you to write this statement down because it really kind of frames uh, the entire series. And as Andrea was talking just a few minutes ago, understanding that this is not about us, it's about Him working through us. And the statement is this, is that these fruits of the Spirit are something that's received, right? They're received, they're not achieved. Let me say that again. They're received from the Holy Spirit. There's not something that is achieved. And so if we, if we walk away from this series with the mindset of, man, I got to have more patience or, you know, I got to have more joy in my life or I got to love these people, you know, a lot more than I'm loving them, then we kind of miss the point of what the series is all about. Because the series is about these gifts being something that we receive, that as we are connected to Jesus, that this is something that he begins to develop within us. And that's why, that's why Jesus went to um, the, the point of making sure that we fully understood what this looks like operating in our life when he said in John fifteen five that yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Now, a lot of times in our life, we get those flipped around, don't we? We kind of think Jesus is the branch and we're the vine and, and kind of we reach out to Jesus whenever we need him, but we kind of do our life our way. And Jesus is like, no, I am the vine and you are the branches. He says that those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Say that with me, much fruit. He says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Our desire to want to achieve these gifts or, or these fruit in our life is not about what we can do. It's not about hard, how hard we can work. It's about us surrendering ourselves more to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying here that as we stay connected to him, as we begin to yield our lives to him, that then the Holy Spirit begins to produce what Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23 talks about, that love, 
the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, and self-control. Church, we are all a work in progress. And if we have this idea or this mindset that we've got to achieve these things, we're always going to fall short, and the guilt of that is going to pull us further and further away from the Lord. As we sang this morning, our responsibility is to yield and to be available. God's responsibility is to begin to develop those characteristics within our lives. So today, if you got your Bible or smartphone, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to be looking at uh, verse 28 through verse 30 as we uh, talk about the character trait today of goodness. Now, last week, Andrea talked about kindness, and because these kindness and goodness are so close to each other as far as the meaning, I figured I'd take a few moments and just begin to, to explain the difference between the two so we would better understand the differences. So I don't know if you've ever heard of the statement, attitude precedes action. Attitude precedes action. But that's the case here when we look at kindness and goodness. You see, kindness is an attitude that's in our life. It's, a, it's an attitude of the heart where then goodness becomes more obvious in our actions. So when you think of kindness, think about an attitude. It's an attitude of the heart that, that, that draws people towards us. And I'm not going to go into the depth of, of all this because Andrea did last week, but in Romans 2.4, it speaks about God's kindness drawing us. Like it's God's kindness in each and every one of our lives that despite the worst sins that we walk through, despite the fact that we were all falling short, the Bible says we all fall short, that we fall short daily, that it was God's kindness that drew us in. In that Romans 2.4, it says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. You see, it's his kindness, God's kindness that, that, that drew us to him. That moment that you, that you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, it was his kindness that was drawing you to that point. And I think if you look at your life and my life, that we are all naturally drawn to people that exude kindness. I mean, think about, think about the people that are in your life, the people that you've been naturally more drawn to. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a grandparent, maybe it's an aunt or an uncle, maybe it's a close friend. These are, these are people who usually their lives aren't surrounded by a bunch of, of drama. They're, they're welcoming, they're friendly, they're caring. They, they genuinely want what's best for you in your life. And my assumption is for you, just like me, that those kind of people in my life, they have a special place in my heart. And then we look at goodness and and to be honest, in my life, I've never seen somebody be able to, to operate in goodness and not have kindness happening at the same time, that, that they tend to go hand in hand because goodness, when we think of that, is more of an action. And so where kindness is about our heart, goodness is about our hands. 
that we can have kindness in our heart, but then it comes out with the goodness through our hands. It's, it's a generosity that, that flows from our heart that always wants to help others out in a sacrificial way. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, when it uses that word goodness in the list of the different fruit there, this word actually has two parts to it. It means both an uprightness in heart and an uprightness in life. An uprightness in heart and an uprightness in life. In other words, you and I will know that the Holy Spirit is producing this this goodness in our lives when we see these two actions evident in our life. The first one is that we live a life that's pleasing to God. That we're choosing to live a life that's pleasing to God. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't fall short and that we don't sin, but it means that we are yielding our lives to him on the journey. You know, I think back several years ago and, um, and, uh, the kids were at a youth service on a Wednesday night at our church and, and Jeremiah had come uh, home that evening and you could just tell that, that God was, was stirring something, was doing something just kind of special in his life. And, and, and we sat down with him and we began to talk through with him. And God had given him a vision during the altar time of the youth service. And here's what the Lord had showed him. The Lord had showed him that in his life, he has two paths to take. That one path was the path that he wanted to take. And, and Jeremiah actually could sense, could feel the heaviness of life if he chose to continue to go down that path. Down that path took him uh, into a lot of environments that were not good for him. And then God showed him another path, and it was God's path for his life. And he could feel just the weight began to lift off as he began to focus on God's path and how God's path had taken him, you know, into this kind of state of just having hope and, and life and, and happiness and And the reality is, is that all of us have those two paths in our life. We all have our path that we want to take, and we have God's path. And the problem is, is that many of us, we try to, we try to kind of navigate that, right? And one foot on one path and one on the other. But here's what the Lord does, is that those paths go completely different directions, And so at the beginning, we might be able to kind of get away with it. But then as we start living life, it gets a little wider and it gets a little wider. And then we, we kind of get confused as you know, well, well, I'm going to church and I, I, I'm trying to follow the Lord and I don't understand why I don't have the freedom in my life. Like these people have in their life and why God's not working in my life the way that I would think that I, he should work in my life. And we kind of keep, and, and at some point we've got to decide that I'm going to go to one path or the other path. And I can't tell you how many times we find ourselves living life this way. Babe, can you help me up? <laughs> Let me work my way backwards. <laughs> Friend, we live a life, when we have goodness operating in our lives, we live a life that's pleasing to God. We yield our life to him and we say, God, I'm not going to go down my path 
all my wants and all my desires. I'm going to go down your path and your wants and your desires for my life. And then the second thing that we see as far as the definition of biblical goodness is that not only are we choosing to go down God's path in our life, but we are also guiding others towards a better life. So not only are we kind of going down God's path, but we're bringing people along with us. You see, when goodness is being developed in our lives, we, we tend to care less about what's convenient for us and Instead, we're passionate about making whatever sacrifices necessary so that we can guide other people to a better life. Sometimes that, that can look like helping people that are in need. Sometimes that can look like feeding those that, that are hungry. Sometimes that can look like, like taking time out of your schedule and, and, and going spending time with a widow and just sitting in their, in their living room or sitting with them and just talking about, about their life and talking about their journey and the things of the Lord. Sometimes that can be serving in the community. Sometimes that can be serving in a church. It's just it's this mentality that we that we have in our lives that we have this goodness operating that it comes out in goodness that we help guide others towards a better life and i can't think of anybody in the bible that displays this better than jesus and we see this in matthew 11 jesus is interacting with the people of Israel, and these people are so burdened and so frustrated and overwhelmed by all the do's and all the don'ts that the Pharisees have been placing on them and, and the guilt that they're feeling and experiencing because they're having to act one way on the outside and they're feeling on the inside. And Jesus steps in in all of his goodness, and look what he says starting in verse 28. It says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. He says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you, it's light. I mean, what a powerful statement from Jesus in this moment, that in just a few words, he displays goodness to people that are desperately needing it. And he did it through six different actions that I believe would be evident in our lives as we began to allow the Holy Spirit to produce goodness within us. The first one is this, if you're taking notes, that Jesus was accepting of everyone. He was accepting of everyone. He says, come to me, not just a few of you, not just the ones that got your life all together, not just the ones that are kind of following me already. He says, come to me, all of you. In Romans 15, 7, says, therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. 
Accept each other just as God has accepted you. Think about the way that God has accepted you. When you came to the Lord and you asked Jesus to come into your heart, he didn't ask if you had everything in line. He didn't make sure that you looked exactly like him in the moment. It was his kindness that drew you to him and he accepted you despite the baggage. He accepted you despite the kind of lifestyle that you're living And that's the same challenge that goes to us when we're having goodness flowing through our lives. And I think it's important for us to draw a distinction that there's a difference between acceptance and approval. That when I gave my heart to Jesus, that he accepted me. He didn't approve of my lifestyle and and all the things that I was doing as a 20-year-old college guy in a fraternity, living the party life. Like, he didn't approve of that, but he accepted me in the moment despite what my life looked like. And so for us, what does is, what is living that kind of way look like for us? It, it means that as followers of Christ, that we stop building walls that separate us from people just because we don't agree with them, just because they make different choices than us, just because they've got a different ideology than us, just because their lifestyle looks different than us, that we show goodness by accepting people with open arms. Second thing that we see is that Jesus cared for others. He said, those that are weary and heavy, heavy burdens. You know, those are, those are two descriptive words, this word weariness. It means to be fatigued or to be exhausted from being beaten down. And I know that every single one of us, some of us are are feeling it this year in 2020, and some of us have felt it multiple times throughout our lives, this kind of weariness of feeling like we've been beat down and beat down. And and then he, he says this, the heavy burdens, which means to carry something extremely heavy. And in those days, it was often used in a sense of, of overburdening people with all kinds of spiritual rules and laws and I think we've both probably felt that way from time to time. Like when you walk into a church, right, and, 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 and those that, that are supposed to be the most mature in the faith, and they're looking at you, and they're like, well, why has he got that hat on, right? Why is, why, whoa, why has he got tattoos on his neck? Like, like when was the last time he bathed, right? Like, like I mean, Especially the Bible Belt, right? We've kind of we've kind of been there. I think some of us have probably um, found ourselves being critical in that way, and God has worked on us through the years. But being being a loving church, a church that's all about Jesus, isn't one that that looks at people when they come through the door and making sure that they look like them in order for them to be accepted into the house of God. That a church that desperately loves Jesus and wants God to do all that he wants to do is going to be one that reacts the way that God reacted towards us. When you walk through the door, you didn't smell good. You smelled like nasty old sin. I smelled like nasty old sin. My life was a wreck with drugs and with alcohol and the whole lifestyle that goes with it, right? And Jesus did this. Open arms. 
He didn't say, he didn't say Ryan, get the, um, the 666 off your forehead before I receive you, which I'll tell you that story at a later date, um, probably during the vision series. He didn't ask us to get everything in check and everything in order. He just said, come to me, all of you. No matter how, many, how much baggage you're carrying, no matter what kind of hurt, no matter what kind of pain that you're in, come to me. And here's what he does. He had, and this is important because, again, there's a difference between accepting, right, between accepting people and believing or, or, or accepting their lifestyles. He had a purpose. He had a mission in mind, and it's number three that Jesus refreshed others. That he wasn't just accepting because, you know, like in today's culture, um, like it's kind of weird because um, if, you don't, if you don't accept, then you're looked down. It's kind of like the whole cancel culture, right? Like if you don't accept somebody's um, beliefs or the way that they live, then it's kind of like my niece Hannah when she was like five or six sitting around uh, when we did a uh, family dinner and she was sitting around the table and we were wondering why she kept doing like this to people at the table. And, and then Andrea had a conversation. It was like, what are you doing? She's like, I X you out. I X you out. I X you out. <laughs> And that's what happens in our culture today, right? That's not, Jesus's mission to accept people wasn't just to accept them, it was to refresh them. There was a mission, there was a strategy behind his accepting that he wanted to offer them a better life, a better way, and so he refreshes others. And this word rest, when he mentions it in this text, it comes from this Greek word that means to cease from labor in order to recover or collect strength. I think all of us wish we could do that in 2020, right? Just a little bit of rest, kind of cease from labor in order to recover and collect strength. And so what does it look like for us as a church to refresh others? It's it's deeper than just listening to them. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to move through us so that we can bring this renewed strength to those who are walking through a difficult time. Fourth thing we see from Jesus is that he offered a better way. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. You see, goodness isn't just something that, it's not just doing good deeds, but it is showing people a better way. Goodness isn't just feeding the hungry. Goodness is feeding the hungry and showing a better way. Goodness isn't just serving in church. It's serving in church and showing a better way. And what I love about Jesus here, when you look at that text, is that he doesn't say that he's going to tell them a better way. He says he's going to teach them a better way. And there's a big difference between the two. Because if I'm going to tell somebody something, I don't have to have any kind of relationship with them whatsoever. I can just tell them. But when we teach somebody 
It's inviting into this relationship where you and I are going to be on a journey together. And I'm going to, I'm going to teach you some things that the Lord has laid upon my heart in my own life that is a journey of relationship. And so when we allow goodness to flow through our lives, we're, we're taking the time to build kingdom relationships with people. We're taking the time to kind of step outside of, and this is, this is part, again, of what we'll unpack a little bit more in January, but, but so, so often we surround ourselves with so much church events that we're never out in the community building relationships, trying to help show people a better way. That Jesus wants us, through the goodness that he's trying to develop within our lives, that he wants us to build relationships. I'm an introvert. Like, relationships don't come easy for me. But I've got to be intentional about building relationships so that I can pour into others and they can pour into me and knowing that at the end of the day that my life is better when I'm connected to other people. You know, I've learned this in my life. You've probably heard this statement that people don't care as much about what you know until they know how much you care. And that's what this is all about. It's, it's, it's not telling people what to do. It's getting involved in their life and in their world, showing that you genuinely care about them. Number five, that Jesus had a good attitude. He says, because I am humble and I'm gentle at heart. And I think back this week, I had, I had a meeting with an individual, and we were just kind of talking through what the future looks like at Evangel. And I remember this person looked at me, and he, and, and he made this comment to me. He said, Ryan, it's not about me. It's not about me. And it was a statement that on the inside of my heart just humbled me so much because what a perspective to have on life and ministry. That this is not about me, that it's, it's about reaching people. It's about showing people a better way. And when we allow the goodness of God to flow through our lives, it's not about us. It's not about us. It's the sacrificial attitude of the heart with actions through our hands that help people discover God's best for their life. And then we see the last thing that, that Jesus did in this text that I think helps us better recognize Goodness, when it's flowing through our lives, is that Jesus lightened people's loads. He was a load lifter. He didn't walk his life. He didn't do his thing, putting more pressure and more weight and more expectation on people. He was a load lifter. In the Bible, we see, we see Jesus use this metaphor of a yoke. And I've got a picture that is up here that I want you to see. 
In those days, you know, it was a rural environment, a farming environment. And so it was natural to have these things called a yoke. And it was, it was a piece of wood that was shaped. And it would, it would bring two oxen together so that they could plow the field. So that they could plant seeds and reap a harvest. And in those days, what they would do is they would take a more veteran oxen, one that has been doing it for years, and partner it with a new one. One that had a lot of energy, but not a whole lot of experience. And what the yoke would do is it would offset the weight so that as the more experienced ox would begin to move, the burden and the weight wasn't resting on the younger one. The idea was that I'm going to take the older and allow that ox to help teach the younger. They'd walk through the fields. The younger ox would be step in step with the older, but carrying far more or far less weight. And friend, that's a metaphor that Jesus uses to help us understand the kind of relationship that one that he offers to all of us through salvation in him, but also a relationship that he wants us to offer to others. See, so many times in the church world, in the Bible Belt, the veteran ox would not want to carry the weight for the younger. The veteran ox might even look over and say, boy, those are some short horns. You need a haircut. You've got a weird kind of gait to your walk. And we get caught up. I believe with good intentions, but we get caught up being judgmental to people when they, when they come in and they don't act like us and walk like us and respond like us. And, and I believe what Jesus wants from us as he develops the goodness within us is that as people come in, we take them under our wing not so we can whisper in their ear and tell them, get your hat off, it's worship time. But to whisper in their ear and say, God loves you. If I could only tell you, friend, where my life was and what God has done in my life, to hang in there. Like you don't, I know you don't have it all together. I know that 
you smell a little bit like alcohol, like you must have had a long night last night, but I'd rather you be here smelling like alcohol than, than at home feeling like you're too guilty and you're not worthy to come step through this building and be in this church service. Like, like what if we, like what Jesus has done to us, what if we became the kind of church that people know that that we're a church that's loving and that's accepting, that'll put their arm around you and to pull you in with the same mission and mindset that Jesus had, not just to accept for accept's sake, but to show you a better way to bring refreshing in your life. Friend, I believe that God wants Evangel to be a church that's accepting of others, a church that cares for all people, a church that, that is refreshing, a church that shows people a better way, a church that has the kind of attitude that it's not about us, that it's about the kingdom. God, I'm here, I'm available, I'm yielding, even if it doesn't look like I want it to look, even if it's not as warm in here as I want it to be. <laughs> Even if the lights aren't what I want it to be, it's not about me, it's about you. And to be a church that lightens people's load. Friend, imagine. Imagine what God could do through a church that reflects his heart and desires to do for others what he has done for them. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Father, we, we do love you. But God, the reality is, is that, Lord, from time to time, Lord, we just, we need a reminder. reminder that our life isn't about us. It's not about our desires or our wants, but it's about you and how you want to work through us to reconcile people to you. And so, Lord, in this moment, Lord, we ask that you would forgive us. Lord, if we've had a heart that has been judgmental, if we've had a heart that's been critical, a heart that that isn't reflective of your goodness towards us, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us in this moment. Lord, I pray that you would begin to wash out the residue of those attitudes in our lives through the years. And God, we could be known as a people who are both kind and good. With every head bowed and eye closed of you're watching with us from home. Just take this moment and instill yourself. If you're watching today or you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, I want you to know that this picture of the yoke, the ox, also represents your spiritual relationship with Jesus. Jesus invites all of us to take on this yoke, which in our culture, 
we tend to resist because we feel like we lose control. We feel like it's restrictive. But again, as the kingdom of God being so different than the world that we live in that we don't realize that what we view as restrictive, God views as restorational. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ into your heart and you want this to be the moment in your life, I want you right there where you are to just repeat this after me. Thank you, Lord, for dying for my sins. Today, I surrender my life completely to you. Lord, forgive me. Come live inside of me. Father, change me today. And with all of my heart, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, would you congratulate those that have prayed that prayer, whether here or at home today? Amen. Well, as we conclude our service this morning, we're going to sing one more worship song. So can we stand together? We have a couple of announcements, and um, but I do, I do want to say just one thing about Ryan's message that was convicting for me. I want to lift people's burdens. And so that's going to be my prayer for this week. I want to be, in, even in my family, with my kids, with my husband, with my parents, I, I want to be able to lift their burdens, to lift the load that they're carrying, not put more onto them. And so that was really um, just something that the Holy Spirit spoke to me this week, or this morning as I was sitting there. A couple of announcements that we have is just to um, let you know that we are going to be putting up Christmas decorations at the end of this service. So if you want to stay, please do. A lot of hands make a little work. And so we'd love for you to stay for that. And then also don't forget that on December 20th, we'll be having our worship service, our Christmas worship service here. We want to thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. You know, it's not the amount that you give. It's the consistency and the faithfulness that the Lord is looking at. He wants our heart. He wants us to put him first in everything that we do. As they sing this song uh, this at, at the close of this, just in your heart, allow the Lord to pull you closer to him and share with him this morning that you are available with no matter what. We want to thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. We want to just ask if you are here, you can give in the boxes or you can give online. There's so many different ways that you can give and we want to thank you for that. So right now, church, let's lift our hands before the Lord. Open hands and an open heart. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the service today. Thank you for your word that washes us clean. Lord, we are available to you and to you alone. You can have every part of us, every part of our heart, everything that we do. It all belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. 
Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.